Would you bet a few thousand dollars that you could sink an eight-foot putt? What about 10 grand that you could win a drag race against a Camaro with a thousand horsepower? If you bet $2 million, could you bet it all on one football game? Maybe you wish you could, but you probably wouldn't. Gamblers is about the people who did. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network comes Gamblers Season 2. Listen now. It's Off the Pike, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of this episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome into Off the Pike. I'm Brian Barrett. The Patriots back to 500 on the season, baby. Four and four after they beat the New York Jets today, 22 to 17. Now that Chicago loss sucks even more now, considering that you would have been 5-3 and three and you would have felt much better about a possibility of getting to the postseason. So obviously, the most important thing is you pick up the win in this game. But there was a lot to be sort of disappointed with in this one. And we'll get to the positives as well. But I just look at it at times during this game, it was like Mac Jones and Zach Wilson were in a competition to see who was going to make the dumber play. And Mac Jones did not have a great afternoon. Zach Wilson, we'll get his in greater detail. He had a miserable afternoon for the Jets. but. You didn't really come away from this game feeling better about the Patriots, did you? I know I certainly didn't. And you think about Mac Jones, the pick that was taken back, I don't know what he was thinking there. He just threw the ball up. I mean, that is careless, reckless stuff from the quarterback. And that was my hope coming back after seeing Bailey Zappi take care of the football, that Mac Jones was going to get back to the quarterback that could be a game manager, just take what the defense gives him. And that really wasn't the case today. The actual pick that he threw, he didn't climb the pocket. And if you're going to hold on to the ball the way that Mac's been doing, you have to have better pocket awareness. And I get it. He's hit. But nonetheless, he should have been climbing the pocket there. And then you just think about how the offense really wasn't functioning today. After the second McCourty interception, remember, he hits Isaiah winning the helmet with a throw. That ball easily could have been picked again. And you have to settle for a field goal there. Like the Patriots offense had opportunities to just end this game. And Mac Jones and that group just were not very good moving the football in any sort of efficient manner. You look at Mac, he finishes 24 of 35 for a buck 94 and a 79.9 rating. He hasn't had a rating north of 88 this season. And part of the issue for this Patriots team all year long, especially in their losses, is they turn the football over. The Patriots came into today with 15 giveaways, the second most of the NFL. They had another one today. And look, that's not all on Mac. It's not all his turnovers. 
but a significant amount of the turnovers are Mac Jones and they're at times avoidable things. So I just look at it today, like later on in the game, Mac, when you come out, you have a nice, nice two drives after halftime. And then after that, it was concerning again because Mac has a sack fumble and I get it like on when you was beat on that play, but you started the series at the Jets 37 yard line and you get no points. And like I said, this isn't all on Mac, but when you start at your opponent's 37 yard line, you should score points there. You should end the game. The defense gave the Patriots offense and Zach Wilson plenty of opportunities and they just didn't cash in. You think about the next drive after that, where they're in a situation where they start at the Jets 40 yard line. And again, you have to settle for a field goal. And on that particular drive, Mac Jones again cannot make the proper plays. Mac Jones, it just feels like at times when Mac has time to think about things, that's when it feels like he's at his worst. It's when the Patriots pick up their tempo. That's when they were effective in this game. The two drives after halftime were the two best of the day for the Patriots. And I don't think it's a coincidence. And that's when they actually picked up the tempo. And actually, Patricia had a nice play call there. We'll ask James White about this. He'll join us in a little bit. He had a really nice play call on the fourth and one where Jacoby Myers was in the backfield and they motioned about. They had trips on the other side. Really nice play call there. But if you look at that next drive where they're moving the football down the field, it's quick passes, right? Mac to Myers for seven yards. Mac to Harris out of the backfield for seven yards. Mac to Myers for another seven yards. Mac to Smith for four yards, right? It's these quick passes and then eventually Mac would take a sack later on in that drive. But those two drives out of the half, and this is a question for Patricia as well, I don't know why they went away from that. That's when they had their most success today when they decided, okay, let's play a little bit faster. And they just aborted that plan. And the result of aborting it was they didn't move the football at all after that, right? And the big thing to me about Mac, you tell me in a positive way, what was the memorable throw or the memorable play from Mac Jones? I just didn't see it today, did you? There wasn't a throw where you're like, oh my God, holy shit, great throw by Mac. I never saw that at all today. In fact, the only thing you could look at and say that sticks out is the pick six that was taken back in a bad manner, but there was never like a throw. There was never a series. There was never a play where you're like, okay, Mac is really cooking right now. Mac's on fire right now. He just never really had that in his arsenal at any point, right? And I would also acknowledge, as we all would, the line was bad in this game, but so was Mac. I just... I don't know right now how you can feel good about Mac and three sacks in the first quarter. It's not all on Mac. I get it. Most in a quarter in a first quarter, the Patriots have had since 2014. I mean, the protection was not good, but I just wonder, and my answer to this right now is no. Has Mac gotten better? Has Mac gotten better? Because from my perspective, it's a no. And you can make excuses, the play calling, et cetera, like the fourth and one, Earlier on in the game, I don't know why they have Mac in the gun on the fourth and one. There was a bad play call. Him and Jacoby Myers clearly not on the same page. He's trying to tell Jacoby Myers where to go. It was just a bad play call. But And so the play calling has not been great at times this year. The offensive line has struggled in a couple of games. It's been good for some games. And today it was obviously a struggle fest, especially earlier on in the first quarter and for the majority of the second quarter as well. Not that it got tremendous in the second half of the game, but it was definitely an issue. And another way you can protect that offensive line is get rid of the ball quickly. I don't know why the Patriots didn't do more of that today, but it was sort of like all week. We were having these conversations about Mac and Zappi and some of the fan base thought, okay, well, Zappi was really bad in the second half of the game. Then that means that Mac's job is, or Mac's job is safe the remainder of the season. I, I just don't see it that way. 
Mac has played poorly in pretty much every game this season. Nobody would look at his performance from Mac today and say he played well. The only thing you could do to try to convince yourself that Mac played well is you just put the blame all on Patricia and put the blame all on the offensive line and you don't hold Mac accountable. Mac has got to be better. I just don't think that it's out of bounds for us to say right now, are we so sure that Mac Jones is the quarterback for the Patriots for the next decade or so? Because that's the plan when you take a guy in the first round. And I just haven't seen anything this year that makes me think that there's no doubt that Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback of the Patriots in, say, 2027 or 2028. I just can't get there with the way the quarterbacks played so far this season. He has seven interceptions. Like, he's not even a good game manager right now. That's the alarming thing. And I just look around the league and look at these quarterbacks that you're saying, okay, these, those are definitely franchise-level guys. Herbert, we know the talent is crazy, right? The crazy arm. Burrow, he can extend plays, make throws down the field. Josh Allen has a laser and he can run people over, right? He's a super talent. Even guys that maybe aren't on that upper echelon, if you will, they have special skills. Like, for example, Jalen Hurts, his ability to run from the quarterback position is devastating. Same thing with a guy like Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray, who's not on the top tier of quarterbacks at the NFL, and I'm not the biggest fan of Murray, but at least we can all acknowledge he has a special skill, which is his ability to scramble and make plays with his legs. When you look at Tom Brady, best pre-snap quarterback, post-snap quarterback maybe we've ever seen from the ability to break down what the defense is doing and knowing exactly what he has to do. And I think another underrated thing about Brady is his patience. If the only thing available to him is a five-yard pass, he's going to take that. And I've just seen so many times this year where Mac Jones doesn't take the easy stuff and instead he's going for all of it. So it's really difficult to say a quarterback without a special trait is going to be a franchise quarterback in the league for 10 years or so. That's where I'm kind of at with Mac right now. I'm a little bit concerned about his future with the organization based on so far this season, he has unequivocally regressed. He hasn't gotten better. And I think about it. Okay, who's a guy that has had a lot of success in this league that doesn't have special skills or doesn't have that one tool that everyone's like, holy shit, this guy could do that. This guy could do this. The only guy that comes to mind right now for me is Kirk Cousins, who's had a good NFL career. Now, we can make all the jokes about he loses in primetime and all that, but you wouldn't look at Kirk Cousins and say, oh, my God, he's unbelievable at this, right? No, maybe there's like a certain pattern that he throws really well, but you wouldn't look at him and say, okay, he's got a special talent. And Cousins, though, he protects the football. Most interceptions in a season are 13. Mac has seven, okay? And he's played in what? Five games in one series? Like Mac hasn't even played half a season yet, and he already has seven interceptions on the season. So Kirk Cousins, as that game manager, if you will, he will protect the football, right? And it feels like, From a talent perspective, that's sort of where Mac's at. He's in the Kirk Cousins neighborhood. He's not in the Josh Allen. He's not in the Herbert neighborhood. He's in a Kirk Cousins area in terms of what he is as a player. And if you're going to be that type of guy, you got to protect the football. I mean, it's like Jimmy Garoppolo. We watch Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo can manage the games, but sometimes he'll make a boneheaded decision and cost his team the game. We've seen it on numerous occasions. Like Garoppolo could be a game manager and he is at times, but he always makes that error. Kirk Cousins doesn't really do that. And I I get it. I'm not telling you Kirk Cousins is one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL, but I'm concerned right now, like can Mac even get to that level where you're a good player, you can manage the game because right now the answer to me is no, based on what we've seen from Mac. And if you look at Mac on the season, one thing that we've seen is He really struggles under pressure. When he's pressured coming into today, 7 of 20, I get it, small sample size, 4.1 yards per attempt and 8.7 rating and four interceptions when he's under pressure. It's like he panics when he's under pressure. And that's obviously not a good trait to have as a quarterback. Last year, he wasn't great. 
in that area either. Just a 46 passer rating when he was under pressure, four interceptions, six yards per attempt. So Mac Jones has got to get better in that area in terms of being able to handle pressure because right now he's not. I just, two weeks ago, I felt really good about where this team was and I'm happy they got a win today, but I'm just getting more and more concerned about the quarterback. I didn't think like one of the conversations we were going to be having this season is are we sure that Mac Jones is the quarterback of the Patriots? And right now I'm there. Is he going to be the long-term guy? And right now I can't say that the Patriots are going to be committed to him because think about it. I mean, Bill this week wouldn't even say that Mac's the quarterback for the rest of the year. He said it's hypothetical. If he thought Mac was this great franchise quarterback, he would just say it's Mac's job. But I do think now we're getting into that territory where we could see a switch at some point again this season and give Zappi an opportunity because so far this season, there hasn't been improvement from Mac. And I know that was a lot on Mac, but I mean, this is the story. It's the quarterback of the New England Patriots and you're questioning his ability going forward. He has to be the topic of conversation after that game. That's the biggest thing to me. Now, I will get to some of the play calling issues here. The 12 men in the huddle. I mean, come on. That is sloppy stuff. That stuff should not be happening to the Patriots. It's just sloppy. The fourth and one that we mentioned earlier, that play call didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And I would just like them to get back to some stuff that works. Like Mac Jones entering today, 11 attempts under center. And we saw him. They put him under center. Damian Harris is in the backfield. Play action pass, 22 yards down the field to Hunter Henry for a nice chunky yards there to pick that up. I don't understand why you see something like that work. Why aren't you going back to that, right? Because if you think about it, when Damian Harris is in the game, they are going to bite on the right. He's not like Stevenson, where Stevenson is really good catching the ball to the backfield, right? That's not Damian Harris's DNA as a player. Not to say that he has like bricks for hands or anything along those lines, but you're more worried about Damian Harris running. I mean, he's not that dual threat type running back like you have from Ramondre Stevenson. So the point being, if Max under center and he's faking a handoff to Damian Harris, they are going to bite on that, and it's going to create big plays for you. And the Patriots, really, they didn't use it often enough. And we have the evidence. It worked. You picked up 22 yards. Go back to that type of stuff, right? And I know that Tyquan Thornton today dropped the football, but I don't understand why he's not playing more, right? He did have the one reception in the game, but look around the league, right? Look at the good offenses. They have speed, And they have freaks. Now, the Patriots have one freak in the backfield. We'll get to in a second. And Ramondre Stevenson, I mean, this guy is on a totally different level right now. But I would like to weaponize Tyquan Thornton's speed. I felt a couple of weeks ago like, holy shit, they're getting him involved. Could he be like a Jalen Waddle type receiver for this Patriots team? And now he's like not even really part of the game plan today. I just want to see more Tyquan Thornton. And it's not like outside of Jacoby Myers, the Patriots don't have a receiver that's very consistent, right? Jacoby Myers is the only one. And Myers was great again today. So why wouldn't you try and say, okay, we have one of the fastest guys in the NFL. We have a guy that runs a 4-2-8-40, the fastest receiver at the combine. Get him on the field. I don't get it. There's so many things you can do when you have a guy that has that type of speed. You can get him the ball on jet sweeps. Like we see it across the league each and every week. Why aren't you using that guy? Okay, just get him on the field. That to me, I thought we turned a corner with this. I thought Tyquan Thornton was going to continue to play. And then today... He's MIA. We don't even really see the guy. And like he dropped one pass. We see guys drop passes all the time. I, I'm not saying that's why. I don't know why he didn't play more. I just feel like he should be part of the game plan. You have a super fast guy. I want the super fast guy on the field. All right. The other thing we need to address is Zach Wilson. Holy shit, that guy is bad. I'm just happy. Like Mac Jones played really poorly today from my estimation. Zach Wilson was atrocious. 
How about when Judon's chasing him, he just throws that pick to McCourty. I don't know what he's doing. He just like keeps backpedaling. He's right next to the sideline and he throws it inbounds. I, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. How about the other pick that he threw that was just like a fadeaway? I, I don't know what this guy's thinking. Then when Wise is pressuring him, he just throws it up into an area where there's like six guys and there's only like two jets. I, I don't know what this guy is thinking. I mean, Luckily for Zach Wilson, like you could make a real convincing argument that he was the best Patriot today. I mean, he was really good for the Patriots. Like, I don't I don't know if he had money on the game or something along those lines, but he is flat out horrible. And that's good for the Patriots going forward. And you took advantage of the thing that we mentioned the other day is, hey, put the game on the bad quarterback. We saw it earlier this season with Jacoby Brissett. Make Brissett beat you. He won't be able to do it. Same thing with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is so far throughout his NFL career. This guy has been horrible. And he was again today. And under pressure coming into today, 5 of 31, 16.1%, 1.7 yards per attempt. And you can see why. He had the two interceptions today, of course. He had three more interceptions in terms of when he was under pressure. You can see he he can't control himself. It's like he tries to extend every single play. He won't throw it away. And the Patriots clearly knew that eventually he's going to give us the football. And he did. All right. Ramondre Stevenson today. In the first half, had five receptions for 59 yards. He had that unbelievable one-handed grab. He... Had that 35-yard run. I got to ask James White about this, by the way, where he trucked Jordan Whitehead and then and then ran through LaMarcus Joyner as well. It was just a ridiculous, ridiculous run. And then when the Patriots are up 22 to 10 with that late lead, they're trying to run out the clock. He ran over one dude and then he spun around another one. So in totality today, 16 carries for 71 yards. And then, of course, he gets involved in the passing game as well. And if you look at it, One of the things that sticks out to me is Stevenson had five more carries than Harris. He was the guy that was getting the majority of the snaps today over Damian Harris. Not to say that Damian Harris didn't play a lot. He did, but that pecking order at the running back position. Now, I always felt like Ramondre Stevenson was the more talented back coming into the season. But right now, you can see the Patriots are leaning on Stevenson a lot more. And why wouldn't you? I mean, you look at him entering today, 20 missed tackles for us. That was was 11th at the NFL and obviously had a couple more today. He's going to be up in that category more. And he breaks off these long runs, right? And now what we're seeing is, like last year, remember where it was Brandon Bolden was the third down running back? I just go back in time and say, hey, why didn't they just use Stevenson that way? And I know Bill has alluded to the fact that he's really improved in terms of his pass blocking. That's part of the reason they didn't trust him on third down last year. But today, seven receptions for 72 yards, 10.3 yards per reception. So it's just another thing where... When we talk about getting the ball out quickly, getting the ball in the screen game to a guy like Ramondre Stevenson and let him go to work, we're seeing he makes guys miss. He runs guys over. So I just hope that they look at the good things from this game, which is, hey, get the ball to Ramondre Stevenson in the passing game and they build off that going forward because those are sort of the easy layups that Mac Jones could certainly benefit from and getting the ball out quickly. We saw what Ramondre Stevenson could do, but I'm looking at it right now like Ramondre Stevenson has entered the territory of, hey, I'm an elite running back at the NFL. And look, he has to do it for a couple more years to definitely be in that category, but it's scary how good this guy is right now. What an unbelievable draft pick by Bill. Another solid game from Myers, by the way. He was the only receiver that was consistent throughout this game. And as we mentioned, he's the only guy that's been consistent this season. Nine for 60 with a touchdown. He did have Entering today, he was at 71 yards per game, and he's been burning man coverage all season long, 12 of 15. Big thing to me about Myers is he's more efficient in a couple of ways this year. The first one is the catch rate is way up. He was at 65.9% last year, which obviously isn't good. He's up to 78.8% this year. 
And you look at the yardage per game, that's 71. He was at 50.9 yards per game last year. And the yards per reception have jumped too from 10.4 to 13.7, which is obviously a massive leap for a guy like Jacoby Myers. So Jacoby Myers has been really good for this team. He's been really productive for this team. He's obviously the guy that Mac Jones trusts. He's the guy that Bailey Zappi was trusting as well. I would just like to see more dynamic playmakers around Myers. Myers is a really good player. Ramondre Stevenson is dynamic. Let's get some more dynamic guys out there. And you know who I'm talking about. Let's get Thornton on the field. Anyway, I did want to mention Judon real quickly because it feels like in every game, this guy has come up with a clutch play. He entered today with the most sacks in the NFL at 8.5, tied with Bosa for the most pressures in the league. And just think about some of the plays he had today. Remember, you tipped that pass on a first and 18. He, and look, Zach Wilson certainly was bad, but he got Wilson outside of the pocket and forced him to throw an interception. Although, I mean, Wilson did a lot of that by himself. But the point is that Judon was the guy putting pressure on him on two of the interceptions. And then the interesting thing to me was this is a really heady play by Judon where he knocked Garrett Wilson off his route. And then you get pressure, of course, on the interception, as I alluded to. But that was a really nice play where Garrett Wilson is obviously their best playmaker. I mean, that guy's really good. And Judon has the wherewithal to say, okay, I can screw this up for him. I can screw up this route for him. And he didn't. I mean, that was a really impressive play all in all. So another good game from Judon. And one interesting part of the Judon or one interesting thing with Judon is if you've noticed this year, his snap count is down. And he didn't even know about it the other day when he was asked about it. But I would contend that it's actually helping him stay fresher. And if you do remember after the bye week last year, now the Patriots themselves struggled, but Judon in particular was essentially not the same player. He did not have a sack after the bye week. He was not the same guy. So if this plan where he's not playing as many snaps as he was a season ago helps him get to the finish line and he's healthier and he's fresh at the end of the season, that's a massive development for the Patriots because they need that guy late in games when they have leads like we saw today. He can close things out. All right, a lot more to get into. We'll chat with James White in just a little bit. We'll get his take on this game and what he saw from Mac Jones. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Welcome back into Off the Pike. Joining us now, three-time Super Bowl champ, it is James White. James, a win for the Patriots. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I know. Past Nations happy to get back on track after last week. You know, kind of an upsetting loss and be the division opponent who was playing very well this year. So hoping that can, you know, kind of turn the momentum back on their side and get things rolling. Yeah, for sure. They definitely needed this win. What did you make of the offense in the first half, James? Because it did feel like the first two drives out of halftime, they picked up the tempo, and that's when it felt like Mac was at his best. They went away from that again in the second half, but in the first half, you didn't really have a feel for what they wanted to do. I was kind of confused by it. Yeah, they couldn't really get in the rhythm. I know Devontae went down the first first play of the game and things of that nature. 
and some, you know, Taekwon filled in a little bit, but they've just never really gotten the flow. You know, the offensive line is struggling a little bit. I know David wasn't out there. I think that's been, you know, the toughest part is the, the turnovers that keep happening, the offensive line struggling a little bit in pass blocking, and then the penalties as well. That's that's really what's been killing the offense as a whole. So they never really got in the rhythm. And then, but I thought when they came out in the second half, they had more sense of an urgency. They used some tempo. But I think they should get back to that a little bit, kind of put more pressure on the defense and you know not take too long at the line of scrimmage. I think that'll help them out a lot. Yeah, the other thing, too, that was interesting to me is, like, looking at this going into the game, Mac had, like, 11 attempts on the season under center. It was basically all out of the shotgun. And the one play that jumped out to me today when it comes to that was they had the play-action pass to Hunter Henry that went for, like, 22 yards, and that's when Damian Harris is— Yeah, Damian (laughs) Harris is there, so, like, they're going to bite on the run there. I'm just wondering why they don't utilize him more under center more, James. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if it's the ankle or whatnot. If it's not completely healed, yeah. maybe, maybe maybe that's the thing. But I think that's when they're at their best. Feed those two backs, play action, and just play good on third down. Get in third and manageable, and you scheme up plays versus the defense that you're expecting to see on third down. I think that's what they kind of got to get to, and I think that's when they're really at their best. Is it doesn't seem like they're going to be a drop back football team, even though they have you know some good weapons. But you know, put both tight ends out there, run play action, hand the ball off. You know, spread it out with those two tight ends in the game. I think that's what they kind of need to get to as an offense. Yeah, and one of the things, too, coming into this one was they're looking at, okay, can Mac protect the football coming back from the injury? Now, of course, he did have one pick, and he could have obviously had the other one that was a pick six, but yeah. it ended up getting called back. It just feels like, James, he's – I don't know if it he feels like he has to make more plays this year than he did last season, but it just feels like at times he's throwing the ball where it doesn't need to go. Like, I, I still don't know what he was thinking on that – pick six that got taken back. Yeah, it seems like him and Jacoby weren't, looks like they were on different pages. Obviously, that would have been a, a huge play in the game right there. That's a pick six. He could be pressing a little bit. I mean, you have, like, you have a guy that, you know, young quarterback behind you got drafted this year. He played, you know, well a little bit, and fans are calling for him and things of that nature. So maybe he's pressing to make plays instead of just, you know, taking the check down, just taking taking what the defense is giving you. You don't have to, you know, make 40-yard touchdowns every single play. Just manage the game well and win football games. I think that's all everybody really cares about. I think maybe he's just trying to do a little bit too much and put too much of the onus on himself instead of allow his teammates to help him. I think that's what will help him out a little bit. I think he did a great job of getting the ball to Ramadre a lot out of the backfield today. I think that's going to be a big plus for him. If the defense is going to you know, play back, you have a back or a couple backs who can win underneath and, you know, I know that's what our bread and butter was, but, you know, Josh is the offensive coordinator was, I mean, take those short throws, let guys be special after the catch. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to throw the ball 20 plus yards down the field every single play. Yeah, I'm with you. And that's when it felt like they were at their best was the short passing game at the beginning of the second half. But we do have to talk about Ramondre, man. This guy was I mean, he's been really good all season long, but today was it may have been the yeah. most impressive performance <laughs> to me, James, of his career because of how much he was involved in the passing game, right? The seven receptions. Oh. How about that yeah. one where it's like out in front of him and he just grabs it with one hand? I mean, when one you were with him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you were with him last year in training camp, did you know like he had these, the, his hands were this good? No, not like that. But like being there during training camp this year, though, Obviously, like with myself not being out there and trying to figure out which back is going to kind of take on the third down catching pass blocking thing. I mean, he was kind of the guy who they wanted to give the first dibs to. And 
I said he, you could tell week to week to week, he was getting better and better, making more plays, lining up outside, running slants, winning on, you know, one-on-one routes, isolated out of the backfield versus linebackers. And you can see as the season's going on, he's getting better and better. It's been really cool to see. Um, he's a special player, got a lot of talent. He's just a very unique guy. He's like 230 pounds. They can run routes like a guy who's 180 pounds. He can catch the ball, running short yardage. So it's it's been impressive to see. I thought today was his best performance so far. Like I said, they used him a lot in the passing game. He had some extremely tough runs. My favorite one was the one that's like a little inside zone play. The safety was right there in the A-gap, made him miss. It ends up turning into like a 30, 40-yard gain. So, I mean, those are the most special players who can create something out of nothing. Well, is it hyperbolic for me to say like he's already right now with what he's been doing since he got the increased workload, he's playing like a top three to five running back in the NFL. Like how many guys can you definitively say are better than Ramondre Stevenson? Just from a talent perspective, I get he has to build up that resume. Okay, like he he doesn't have the Nick Chubb, the resume that that guy has. But don't do you think that's the ceiling that he could be a top five back in the league? He can be it for sure. He has the talent, but you just have to do it on a consistent basis and every single year. That's when you get put into that category. You can't just do it, you know, a few games and then nobody hears about you. You can't do it for one year and then nobody hears about you. So he has the talent to do it. I think even Damon has the talent to do it. I think he's been banged up a little bit, but I think you feed both of those guys. I think that should be the forward in the offense and it'll open everything up because that's what kind of the formula was when Bailey stepped in. It was run the football, don't don't make him have to do too much. And if you get in that third and short, play action still available. You can run it. You can do pretty much anything you want to do. I think that's the key to the offense. Hey, yeah. How do you think Damian Harris handles this? Because obviously he was the number one running back, for lack of a better term, coming into the season. And we've seen kind of Ramondre Stevenson now, like even today when Harris is back there, that it was Ramondre Stevenson that not only got, of course, more receptions, but he got more carries as well. I think they'll handle it well. I think they'll still use both guys, even though, you know, Ramondre may quote unquote be having the better season statistically. I think Damon has been doing a great job too. He had some good runs in the game as well, but I think he'll handle it well. I mean, I think in the beginning of the season, they're already splitting kind of touches to begin with. So I think they'll just kind of use both guys and whoever's hot will get most of the carries. That's kind of what we've always done at the running back position. It's never going to be one guy, even well, how good Ramondre is playing, he's not going to be the only guy out there. They're still going to use both guys because keeps guys fresh and, you know, defenses scheme, you know, different ways versus two different backs, depending on who's in the game. So it helps the offense out, too. Yeah. All right. So two play calls I want to ask you about. So both the fourth down. So I thought the second one there, or I guess was it the third or the second one, whatever it was, the touchdown to Jacoby Myers. Like, I really like that play. He was in the backfield and they had trips on the other side. Myers ends up with a touchdown. Nice play call by Patricia. But the other one, James, at the end of the first half, that fourth and one where it's just like, Matt, first of all, Max in the gun again, and they just sort of roll him out. And I, I, obviously him and it didn't seem like him and Myers were on the same page. Like, what was the goal yeah. of that play? Yeah, I, know, I think they were expecting to get like kind of a little rub play after the, the hard play action. But I think the Jets just did a good job handling it. But they still had an opportunity to convert or just Mac and Jacoby just weren't on the same page. Mac was trying to point for Jacoby to go deep. He didn't really see it until after the ball was gone. But I said, that's just got to give credit to the Jets defense. They they covered it well. They got the look they wanted. Obviously, I think it was probably an RPO. If they got the right look for the run, they were going to hand it off. If they got the right, if they got, you know, one on one on the outside where nobody's out there, they're going to throw the pass and get a good rub. But it just didn't work. Jets did a good job handling. And 
that's just the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes it's good defense and they stop the play that you scheme up against. All right, you got to help me with this because we talked about it. I can't remember if we talked about it after the Monday night game or the week prior to that, that Thornton was getting involved in the offense and he was getting the ball even on like some (laughs) handoffs and stuff along those lines. And then today, like he dropped that one pass, obviously did have one reception in the game. But I'm just trying to figure out, James, why he wasn't like part of the game plan. It felt like this week after it felt like he was going to be a weapon for them. Well, I think maybe Devontae Parker was going to be more of the focal point than when he got hurt. Maybe they just kind of kind of all the receivers aside from Jacoby were kind of non-existent. So maybe the game plan was to feed Jacoby and Devontae and things of that nature. And after the drop pass, they kind of switch things a little bit. I don't know, but I know that continue to get the ball to him. He's a he's a playmaker. I know he was open on a couple of plays. I saw when they showed some of the replays, but obviously Matt goes through his progressions and he gets the ball to whoever he thinks is open and things of that nature. But he'll be a focal part of the offense going forward. I think they got to use all those receivers, find ways to get all those guys the ball because they're all talented. I know, you know, everybody think and Jacoby's obviously the gonna be the number one receiver playing that slot position. And then all those other guys can can contribute. Nelson KB, you know, Devontae, if he's healthy, all those guys can contribute to the offense, and they got to find a way to get all those guys. Well, even John, I mean, I don't, they're still not scheming enough plays for my guy, man. They got to find, <laughs> <laughs> they got to find ways to get him the ball, man. It's just, it's not enough. Yeah, get it in his hands. I mean, Bill did say like two years ago <laughs> or three years ago that he's the best tight end after the catch in the NFL. Now, I thought that was a little rich for what Bill was saying, but he obviously thinks he's good when it comes to that. So, and he's going to get more opportunities yeah. going forward. All right, let me give you a hypothetical situation. Zach Wilson is the quarterback for the Patriots. What would his Monday or Tuesday be like in the meeting room with Bill? (laughs) Man, I mean, I don't think Bill will put him out there in the team meeting room, but they they have. I mean, he'll he'll do a little bit, but he'll really get after him. And they have quarterback meetings where all the quarterbacks meet with Bill and, you know, the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. He'll he'll get after him a lot right there. I think he was just trying to do too much. I think – the issue with a lot of these young quarterbacks, I think throwing the ball away has gotten like it's become like non-existent in a sense. It's just everybody holds onto the ball, holds onto the ball, scrambles left, scrambles right, just trying to make a hero play, especially if it's like first and second down, just live the fight another day. He's I think after the first interception, he kind of got spooked a little bit. Then after that, he just feeling the pressure. I mean, even the second one to Dev, even the first one to Dev, I don't know what where he was throwing the ball. There was no, <laughs> no receiver in the <laughs> vicinity so just throw it out of bounds i think these young guys are just trying to make a highlight play just way too much you just gotta just throw the ball away let the fight another play it's better than you know throwing an interception and you know causing the turnover for your team it's just it's not a good look for sure he has the talent though <laughs> yeah like he has a good arm and he, yeah. it, it feels like maybe he like overestimates his talent sometimes because and he like makes all these off-platform throws that a lot of times he doesn't have to make the one that stuck out to me the pick that you were referring to he just keeps like running back from Judon and he, he throws it like he can easily throw it out of bounds. I don't know what he thought could possibly happen. I mean, that was one of the most boneheaded decisions I've seen. I, know, I think he just got spooked a little bit and it seems to happen with a lot of the young quarterbacks for the Jets when we play against them. I think once they, you know, get, you know, those quote unquote ghosts that Sam Darnold was seeing a few years ago, they can't play the same. But I think for him. Like I said, the beginning of the game, he was looking, he throwing on schedule, making the throws, and then after the pick, it was kind of like everything kind of changed. Yeah, yeah. So the special teams, they had two like really nice plays. Schooler had that tackle on Berrios where he fielded it, and it was they got him at the 17, and then 
the very next possession, the punt from the Jets. Marcus Jones has a nice return for 27 yeah. yards, set them up for a field goal. But how about the one from Demarcus Mitchell, where he downed it at like at, at the one? What, what was he thinking? Do you think he didn't know the rule? Uh, it seemed like he realized it a little too late. I still don't think he stepped on the line. When I saw the replay, it looked like he was, I don't think he ever touched the end zone, but obviously they didn't think it was that close. They thought he clearly did it. I think he was just a little too excited to go. <laughs> Make a play. They get after him in the meet. He's a he's a high energy guy, and he, he likes to talk a lot. So they they'll get after him in the meet about that one. But I mean, it was a great play that just turned you know to a bad one that that fast. But there's plenty of guys around the football. He didn't have to kind of dive in there and try and save the day. Just just dead at standing up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He, he's, he like he like did a somersault and then went into the end zone. That was hilarious. It was. It's almost as funny as two weeks ago when it was Schooler that just gave the ball. Was it Schooler that gave the ball uh, to Bill? Yeah, Schooler. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know what Schooler was thinking on that. Uh, young guys, man, they're different, man. <laughs> 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 All right, so how about uh, Matthew Judon? Because it feels like, James, every game, literally every win the Patriots have, and some of the losses, you can look at it and say, like, he makes game-changing plays. And a couple of those interceptions, now we blame Wilson for a large portion of it, but it's always Judon that's getting to the quarterback. He came into today leading the NFL in sacks, tied for the most pressures. It does feel like, James, he's taken his game to, and he was really good last year, but he's gone to a different level. Yeah, I mean, he's playing with a lot of energy. He's a game changer, game record for the offense. I see he plays with a high intensity on every play that he's out there. I think he was a great pickup last year, and he's gotten better even in this year. And Wise is playing extremely well, too, to have both those guys applying pressure on the quarterback. It's tougher, you know, offensive tackles and tough on the quarterback when you're feeling that pressure each and every play. So those guys, those two guys are special. Judon, he's really, really good. I think without him, the defense definitely – be, be struggling a little bit when you don't have a good pass rusher it's hard to you know cover for forever so he's a big bonus to that defense okay so two bill related things before i let you go the first one is so have you seen that 2009 documentary of bill where he like nfl films followed him around for the season and nah. Rand, you haven't seen it nah. Rand, randy which, moss which one, like, the halloween party yeah the halloween party one yeah i have so seen like, that clip yeah is bill like really a big halloween guy I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't seen too much of it myself, but I, I think deep down inside, he's a, he's a big Halloween guy. I mean, maybe they had, I think they had a, like a team Halloween party the other night, I think so, or sometime during the week for with everybody's kids and stuff. So I think, I think deep down inside, he loves Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I remember in that documentary, he's like, well, you dress up and you eat candy. How can you beat that? <laughs> <laughs> Randy, Randy, Randy Moss like went into his office and he's he's like, hey, we're going to have a Halloween party. No pressure. You guys don't have to come. And Bill's like, oh, no. Yeah, I, I want to come. Like immediately wanted All to four. come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and the other Bill thing I wanted to ask you about was the Jets. Like we all know the history with Bill and the New York Jets, but does he hate them more than any other team? 100%. <laughs> yeah, he can, he can put a stamp on that one. He, he hates them more than any other team, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. I, like, back in the day when, like, you guys would have an opportunity to run it up on the Jets, he would always do it, which, yeah. I mean, it, it's fun for me to see. The one, the big thing for me today, though, James, is they needed the win. 
They got it. And what we did find out is the Jets still are without a franchise quarterback. And it's basically been that way forever. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Zach Wilson, he, he still has time to turn around. I mean, he has to do it very quickly. I mean, they're still in good position. They won every game this year that he started, but he just keeps having these these plays that you you don't want to see from your, you know, your young quarterback trying to, you know, do too much out there, trying to be like Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that. Just protect the football, you know, live the fight another day. I think that's something that he has to learn very quickly. Yeah, it's a good point. It's probably like kind of like the Steph Curry thing, right? Because Curry can hit all these crazy shots. So other guys start to do it. Maybe that's what's happening with Wilson and Mahomes because he was like compared to him, like yeah. as crazy as that is, like he was compared to him yeah. coming out. So maybe that is some of it. And maybe he'll start to clean it up after he sees like he's making these mistakes that don't need to happen. All right. That is three time Super Bowl champ, James White. James, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll talk next week. No problem. See you next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Welcome back into Off the Pike. Great stuff, as always, from James White. You heard his reaction about Zach Wilson and how poorly Zach Wilson played in this game. I would like to see Bill get to address Zach Wilson, like if he was his player after that game, how ugly that would have been. But really, if you told me that Zach Wilson was drunk today playing in that game, I wouldn't doubt you. That's the only way that you could justify what he was doing out there. That guy is absolutely horrible. Horrible. 617-396-7172 is the number. 617-396-7172. Let's get to a couple of your voicemails. Hey, Brian, this is Brian on the Cape. I'm calling because even though it's good to get a win, I'm definitely concerned about the fact that the offense couldn't put the ball in the end zone. As we all know, touchdowns are what separates the winners from the mediocre. Uh, I'm curious to see what you think about that. Thanks. Love the show. Take care. Bye. I'm completely with you. It's been an issue for the Patriots all season long where they can't punch it in when they get into the red zone, and we saw it again today. This game should have been over, but the Patriots could not convert after those turnovers. On one of them, they end up kicking a field goal. Two of them, they kick a field goal. They don't score a touchdown after one of the turnovers. It's just not nearly good enough. You look at it today in terms of the Patriots, they're one for three in the red zone. It got to be better than that. That's how you end the game. Like if you were playing a better team today and you get a play from your defense to turn the football over, you got to cash in. The Patriots offense is a real issue right now. And the quarterback in particular is an issue right now. He's got to be better. There's no way around that. I just can't believe that we're at this point with Mac Jones where he just does not look right now like a top 25 quarterback at the NFL. Like he is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Now, luckily for the Patriots, they're four and four. But if he wants to keep his job, he's going to pick it up. All right. Who's next? Hey, Brian. Big fan of the show. Jesse from Chicago. 
Um, I think after watching this game, it's clear that Mac Jones completely sucks. Um, I just want to know which quarterback category you think he sucks at most. Uh, arm strength, accuracy, pocket presence, seeing the field, or toughness. Also, Isaiah Wynn really, really, really sucks. Thanks, Brian. Definitely with you on the Isaiah Wynn part of the equation. So glad they picked up his fifth-year option. He's been tremendous for the team. The guy got benched for Marcus Cannon. I mean, come on, a guy that wasn't even on the team at the beginning of the season. But anyway, getting back to the Mac thing, in terms of the categories you laid out, I would say decision-making. It's not toughness. He's he's tough enough. And But yes, he has a shitty arm. We all know that. He doesn't have a big arm. His He can be accurate. He hasn't been accurate this season like he was a year ago. But to me, the biggest thing is the decision-making thing. Because Mac Jones... The whole thing with him last year was, hey, just don't fuck it up. Just make the necessary plays, run the football, let the defense do a lot of work on the other side of things. Just don't screw it up. Well, Mac Jones, it's been the opposite this year. Like a lot of these losses are on Mac Jones this season. And I know they won today and we should be happier, but I don't know how you can watch that game today and not feel more pessimistic after seeing the quarterback do what he did prior to the injury, do what he did when he came back last week for Monday Night Football. He did it again today. He turned the football over. He wanted to turn the ball over more. Luckily, you get that penalty. You don't get the pick six. He easily could have another pick as well. So that's the concerning thing to me. It's the decision-making process. Why is he making these throws? There's no excuse for it. I mean, he's lucky Zach Wilson was on the field, honestly. He deserved to lose the game today. There's no way around it. 617-396-7172. 617-396-7172. We get time for one more call. Hey, Brian. It's Cody from Longmont, Colorado. Of course, I'm glad that uh, we got uh, the win today over the Jets. But I just want to say that Mac Jones has been really bad. Like in just about uh, like every game that he's played this year. And I think that Zappy. Well, I should get the chance to uh, to win the job. That's just how I feel. All right, Brian, we will catch you later. Yep. All right, appreciate it. I'm with you in terms of the zappy aspect to this, that they have to strongly consider giving him another opportunity. Because if Mac's going to play like this, he played the three series against Chicago, and he was bad today. He didn't really do anything well in this game. He didn't help the team win whatsoever. There's nothing that sticks out about Mac in a positive light. After this game, and we heard after the game that they were working harder this week. They were doing more stuff, et cetera. I don't give a shit about that. All I care about is the results. And the results were not there with Mac Jones today. He was not nearly good enough. So if this is the version of Mac Jones we're going to get, and now we've seen it for five games. This isn't like, okay, he did this for one game. He had one bad game or he had two bad games. Zappi played well. And I get it. The competition wasn't great, but Zappi played well. And he did what Mac did last year. He didn't screw it up outside the one bad half that he had against Chicago. Other than that, that, Zappi has been good. So I do believe that the Patriots owe it to themselves and to the players to discuss this and figure out if Mac Jones is going to be the guy going forward for the rest of the season. Because when you play better teams, and I know the Jets had a good record, you're going to lose those type of games. And the quarterback has got to own some of it. Like, We can, and I did earlier, we can criticize the play calls. We can criticize some of the guys that aren't getting more playing time. We can do all that. But you are not objective if you're watching these games and you're just making excuses for Mac. And I understood all the issues that they could have, all the challenges they may have to overcome this season with all the changes that were happening to the offense. But the reality is this, Mac Jones has played bad. Mac Jones has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. No way around it whatsoever. All right, great stuff on the calls. I do want to get to the Celtics real briefly because 
They played again tonight. They win 112-94 over Washington after that horrible loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not that Cleveland's not a good team, but they didn't have Garland. But the thing about that game is they just let that thing get away from them, and they couldn't get a stop. That was the issue, right? They couldn't get a stop in that game, and tonight they ratchet up the defense where they held Washington to 38.8% from the field. Washington came into tonight shooting 49.1% from the field, the best in the NBA. So they were better defensively tonight. They did give up offensive rebounds, 11 in the first half. They cleaned it up a little bit in the second half where they gave up only five compared to the 11, a massive number, right? But the big thing is they will have some rebounding issues throughout the season. So I'm not going to overreact to that because I feel like that is going to be a problem for this team early on this season, especially when you don't have Robert Williams. But the biggest thing to me had been the defense this year just hadn't been there. And one of the issues that I had the other night is it just felt like last year, and especially after January, whenever they needed to, they would ratchet it up. So I do think it's one of these things where the Celtics know how good they are offensively now, right? Where they're one of the best offensive teams in the NBA. In fact, they came into tonight fourth in offensive rating, first in effective field goal percentage. So they know like... They do not have to go out there and play the entire game to beat a team like the Wizards tonight. They don't, right? So they come out flying, and I'm sure part of it was they wanted to get back on the court after what happened against Cleveland, and they outscore the Wizards 34 to 15. So they knew, like, we we really don't have to do much to beat this team, so they let the Wizards back in the game in the second quarter, and then they turned it up again in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. It's just like, it's almost like right now, they can be an on-switch team because they're significantly more talented than most teams in the league. The problem was against the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are a really talented team. That's a good team. Now, obviously, if you're saying, hey, who would you take in a series? Obviously, I'd take the Celtics because in a playoff scenario, they're going to come out ready to go from the jump of the series, right? But it's difficult to turn it on all the time when essentially in that Cleveland game, you weren't playing any defense in the first half and into the third quarter. So I'm happy they came with that level of effort tonight. The one thing I saw schematically that changed, because remember last week we talked about how shitty their drop coverage has been in the pick and roll. Blake Griffin didn't play tonight. Blake Griffin on the season has played 35 minutes. The Celtics with Blake on the court have a 136.62 defensive rating. And I understand that it's early. He's going to get more opportunities in the season and all that. And he signed with the team late. I just don't. And I didn't think when they signed him, he's going to give them anything. He can't shoot anymore. All he can do defensively is like take charges. That's it. But the problem now is he can't even get in position to take a charge because guys are just going right around him. And if he's in the drop coverage, he's useless anyway. From an offensive perspective, my guess is the Celtics thought they could play almost like a similar role to Al, where Al can be like the hub of the offense at times from the top of the three-point line. Blake has been a really good passer throughout his career. Here's the problem with Blake right now, though. He's such a poor shooter that teams don't care. With Al, you have to respect him as a three-point shooter. With Blake, you don't have to do that whatsoever. So that's one thing I saw tonight where I'm going to be interested to monitor this going forward, how often they are going to play Blake Griffin. That like Because I, I just don't think he's never, obviously, he's not going to be in the playoff rotation, but are they going to play him minutes? They played Cornette tonight a decent amount. Here's my issue with Cornette. Oh, by the way, that's another issue I had on Friday night. Why is Cornette playing in overtime? That, to me, makes no sense. Okay, so Cornette catches the ball on a short road of the basket. He ends up on the block right next to the basket. He doesn't even look at the hoop and he has a guy on him that's small. He had a guard on him and he doesn't even look at the hoop. He just kicks it out to the corner. If Cornette's going to be out on the court and he gets the ball on the block like that, he has to at least do something in terms of if you're not going to end up shooting the ball, at least make it look like you're going to shoot the ball. I I can't believe he did that. So that just went like the backup big situation. And you know how I feel about this. I'm not super high on any of them. 
Not a big fan of Vonley. Not a big fan of Blake Griffin. I just I would play Grant Williams as much as I possibly could. And I've been saying that from day one. I just play Grant Williams. Grant Williams has having an outstanding start to the season. But all in all tonight, it was basically a methodical win for the Celtics. They come out. This has been the thing with them this season. They just come out of the gates absolutely flying. So I referenced the score tonight in the first quarter. Celtics coming into tonight, 126.4 rating of the first quarter, 63.4% effective field goal percentage. That's second in the NBA and a 46.3% in terms of their threes. That's fourth in the NBA. So it's like they have all this energy at the beginning of the game and they send a message right away and they're beating the shit out of these teams and then they let them back in the game. So I do feel like the Celtics do have sort of like a a boredom issue at times where they know that their talent is so good that they can just beat you. And sometimes they got burned by that. Oh, one thing about Brogdon that I like tonight got to the free throw line. We told you before the season, his drive game was going to be a totally different element that this team didn't have last year. You look at him tonight, eight free throws. So I love that from Brogdon. Love what he's been doing, running that second unit. And Jalen again tonight comes out firing in the first quarter. He had 16 in the first. Jason Tatum had 13 in the first. And it does encourage me that those guys set the tone early. I just want them. I want one game. And look, the Celtics are a championship contender. They're going to be the number one of the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. So I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about the Celtics because I really do love watching this team. But I want to see one like wire to wire where the effort is totally there. I'm not saying they're not trying, but you can tell they get a little bit loose on defense at times. I just want to see one game in the coming days here where they just go balls to the wall for the entire game. That's what I'm asking for, okay? And I know I'm asking for a lot out of an NBA team that just went to the finals last year, but that's what I want to see. All right, as always, make sure to get your voicemails in at 617-396-7172. Again, that's 617-396-7172. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. How about this? Speaking of the Celtics, employee eight, Antoine Walker is going to be with us. Cannot wait to talk to Tuan about, of course, this Celtics team, but back in the day with him and Pierce as well. Those were fun teams when I was growing up, so I can't wait to talk to Antoine about that. Thanks to Jamie McClellan and Steve Cerruti for producing this podcast, and we'll chat in a couple of days. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.